Ooh. That was a lot brighter when you're up here. <laughs> so hi. <laughs> Case we've never met. Uh, so as you heard some people say right there. Uh, so I'm John. Um, last name optional, depends. <laughs> it's common at this point just to see both. Uh, so funny story I have to start out with. So um, if y'all don't know, my dad is a United Methodist pastor. So uh, he's come through Perkins for both his master's and his doctoral work. And this was for his master's graduation. Uh, he came and uh, they had like special awards they gave along with some of the you know, just typical graduation stuff. And he got called out and the award that he won was for the best written sermon. So he got, it was back, I think, a few years ago. It's like, you know, before you'd see, you know, technology like we have today, but his friends, as soon as he gets back to his seat, accepting the award is very much giving him a hard time. So like, what, did they just read your sermon off their phones the entire time? Like, you just not do anything like that? So I'm very much relying on notes and things like that just to keep orderly because I don't want to ramble or get uh, too messed up or anything like that. Uh, but I'm really excited to be here today. Um, Isaiah uh, hit me up about, let's see, about a week and a half ago with a very dangerous proposition. He said, uh, hey, John, we're done with First Peter. Uh, we got a week to fill in. Uh, talk about whatever you want. Uh, go. And I was like, uh, you sure about that? Uh, so I figured we'd just do a roast session on Isaiah for the entire 15, 20 minutes. Whoever wants to start? No, just <laughs> Uh, get going and stuff like that. Uh, that's a dangerous one to make. Uh, I can definitely uh, be someone who likes to talk a lot and could get into just rambling on and on about different things. Uh, you've heard plenty of us talk about sports in this Wesley household. So, uh, you know, I could go, I could have made this entire 20 minutes about Kendrick Davis leaving for the transfer portal or Kamar Wheaton coming to SME today, but then half of y'all would get up and leave. So I'm going to try to keep that. I could have talked about like movies, things. I've had Wesley House conversations about what fruits are the best and we've like done the tier list. That was controversial. So definitely we could have gone on about a lot of things, uh, but definitely, uh, you know, I feel like sometimes what you want to talk about, even whenever it is, you know, legitimately anything was the prompt that was given, uh, you know, it kind of hits you at the right time. Uh, you know, I think it's really interesting whenever we're in church or in settings like this, how many times sometimes that we can find what we're needing in the moment to hear what we're needing to be told just from listening uh, to a song or listening to the sermon that day or things like that. Uh, Haley, I say, I don't know how y'all do it by just figuring out what we need and <laughs> filling us in with that. I don't know if there's like a catalog or something you just pick out or whatever it is, but uh, just go by that. And definitely, uh, I think for me, uh, retreat definitely hit on that. So uh, raise your hand if y'all are at retreat. I know a lot of y'all, familiar faces, large group. Oh, wow. So almost everyone at retreat, so good to see. Uh, so yeah, definitely that topic of passion and how that definitely, I think, hit on for me and for a lot of us, I think maybe seeing it's kind of a smaller topic, but really looking at how, you know, we can apply passion to faith and get really plugged in there and get really invested in those connections that we're able to make with that. So um, definitely, um, you know, I, it's almost like all these things that we bring up, you know, in sermons over the time, it's like, it's almost like we need all of them, but it's almost because we're human and that we need to hear these things and need to slowly apply those. So uh, I'm gonna kind of do this Matt Tuggle style is what I'm gonna call it. So I got like my three points, so I'm gonna lay out and then get into them <laughs> a little bit later. Uh, so, you know, um, you know, so I'm learning from, my, let's see, I've learned from my dad, learned from Matt, so I'm just learning from all the pastors, I know, just pulling, picking and choosing. Uh, so I'm going to kind of first start just kind of recapping, I think, where we left off retreat, kind of what those passions are, 
uh, how we kind of are able to choose those and how those kind of define uh, who we are as people. Um, the next looking kind of like the levels of our passions, how we can characterize some of these, uh, whether they be good or bad, how we're able to, you know, then go from there and uh, see how they impact us and then how they can deepen our faith and how we're able to take this and as Isaiah does, like do the application part of it. And see, so that's the third pastor. So we're scrolling through <laughs> and getting all of them in. Uh, so from retreat, so a lot of us were there. So it makes this actually pretty easy, hopefully. Uh, Y'all could have done this part, hopefully, from uh, doing the, some of this. Uh, so Isaiah in his very first thing on Friday very much defined passion as strong and barely uncontrolled or barely controllable emotion, excitement, and very much something that whenever we get behind our faith, we're able to turn what we say into action and really getting out there and being God's hands and feet in those moments and being able to really, you know, go into our lives and truly make a difference in our community or around us, you know, trying to stray away from apathy and discontent and really just being very much fulfilled in those circumstances and very much just, you know, embracing what it is that God's plan is for us. Um, passion is definitely not something where we're on the sidelines, like we're in the game, we're on the field. Our passions very much are who we are. It's not something where like, you know, we kind of shelve some of the things. The passions are something that we're living out every day. Uh, things that are, whether they be interests or things that we do or things that define us as characteristics and traits, which we'll get into in a little bit. Definitely things that make us very much who we are. Uh, we just got through with First Peter very much talking about, you know, our identity and kind of uh, identity in God and making sure that we're able to mesh those two realms and those two worlds and definitely trying to make the most of those as well. So I don't know about y'all. I personally find that I'm happiest when I'm doing something that I'm passionate about. Uh, whether that be, you know, like I said, talking about sports for hours and hours and not sleeping at night and just staying here through nights talking about that, or doing weird board games with people. Uh, if y'all seen me play board games, I can get very competitive with some of those. <laughs> so getting invested there. Or uh, some of my Mavericks in the room when we're doing stunts and things like that that are very, you know, challenging and unique, but make for great photos that we got at retreat. <laughs> so uh, definitely a lot of fun things we got there. So. Um, Whenever I'm doing those things, I feel that I'm happy and I'm enjoying life. And I find that whenever I'm invested in those passions and making the most time for them, that I'm able to honestly be spiritually well, physically well. And I just find myself very much in a space where I feel the most acclimated and most empowered to go out and do things that we're called to do, I feel like, as Christians as well. Uh, so again, we've been talking a lot about First Peter, and I think our passions definitely play a big role in our identities and what defines us as individuals and how we go about that. Uh, Swiss psychiatrist uh, C.G. Jung defines it as, um, but what is passion? What are emotions? They're a source of fire. There's the fullness of energy. A man who is not on fire is nothing. He is ridiculous. He is two-dimensional. He must be on fire even if he does make a fool of himself. A flame must burn somewhere, otherwise no light shines. There is no warmth, nothing. Uh, I heard that and instantly uh, thought of Hamilton. I don't know if y'all maybe got that image. You know, the entire musical is centered around Hamilton giving Burr a hard time for, you know, standing for nothing, doing all those things, the great songs. I'm not gonna sing them, but go listen to that if you need some of the inspiration there. But definitely, again, it's these passions and things that make us special. That These are things that people can look to and say, hey, we know that he likes this and this, or we know that she's really passionate and really invested in these things. These are things that people look at us and are able to kind of characterize us and make those kind of first assumptions about as well. So I think it's really important to say, you know, what are these things that are our passions? What are things that make us unique? Whether it's our favorite band. Uh, whenever I was at a camp uh, this past summer, it was all these elementary, middle school girls. I learned probably more than I needed to about Olivia Rodrigo and Taylor Swift <laughs> and every little detail of those relationships, which if you, need, if, you need the, if you need details on that, come ask me after. I am now very knowledgeable in those realms. Um, 
You know, if you're talking about passions, I can get these two on the front row started about either his delusions as a Cowboys fan or Ryan's constant watching of every single Giants game uh, that's going to happen throughout the baseball season. You can get people invested there. So it spans from anything. I'm sure you have a lot of things that kind of come in your head, but I think we can maybe even get a little bit more specific than that. I think we can maybe get a bit more into, you know, what are maybe habits that you have that define you that maybe you wouldn't describe them as passions, but like without them, that might take away from who you are as a person and who you are as things that define you as well. Um, are you passionate? Are you a person that likes to sleep in? Are you a person that very much values sleep and that personal time? Or do you very much value being on time to places and kind of keeping a stricter, like a stricter schedule for those types of things? Uh, are you very much enjoying a healthy lifestyle? Do you really embrace working out? Or do you see uh, all this stuff over here and just kind of run to that every day, honestly, if you need to? Or maybe a run, the thought of a run just like scares you enough to where you're not even willing to try that? Or maybe are we very much, uh, you know, invested in being studious here and making sure that we're making the most of our academic time? Or maybe sometimes we fall into those traps of laziness or like I am playing board games at night sometimes when there should be other things uh, to put emphasis on as well. Uh, maybe we're someone who needs to be in the know about a lot of things. Maybe we're someone who prides ourselves on having information, whether it be about other people or things going on. And maybe we are very much focused in knowing and spreading that information, no matter what those consequences are. Whether these things are good or bad, they definitely are defining characteristics of us. And while it's weird to think of that as being passionate about it, again, without these things, you know, that definitely might take away from who we are. And I think there's definitely ways to go about trying to work with those as well. You can even look at some of like our person personality traits that we have. Are you passionate about service? Are you passionate about caring for others and helping them? Are you looking to embrace peace, justice, mercy? A lot of these tenets that we talk about as Christians that we hope to purvey. Um, are you a very listening and understanding person? Do you very much like to be there for other people in their times of suffering? Um, or do you sometimes fall into these traps and temptations that we do as Christians, whether it be lust or jealousy, or you know, worrying about what others are thinking about you and worrying about those uh, ramifications, or what is it that we're putting all of our effort into for those things as well? Um, a quote from uh, Marcus Buckingham, who's an English motivational speaker, passion's not something that lives way up in the sky in abstract dreams and hopes. It lives at ground level in the specific details of what you're actually doing every day. This isn't just some broad thing that defines you. We can get into the nitty gritty. We can look very deeply at these things that are very important to us and very much defining characteristics of who we are and who people see us as as well to make sure that we're making the most of that. So are we able to focus on that positive and kind of get rid of that negative? Or do we mentally sometimes have to use that negative because it's just so much a part of who we are? Um, we actually got a little bit into this. Uh, I think Drake's actually the only person here who was in our uh, cabin group for Friday night. So shout out cabin six. No one, none of the other ones showed up. But uh, we got a, uh, I know a lot of them were busy tonight. But we definitely think kind of had an interesting take on some of those questions that we had and really kind of got into uh, looking at uh, how, you know, how we can classify passion, maybe where we go from passion, where that could be good and where that can be a bit dangerous. Um, and it actually made me a little bit interested in trying to research more about it and uh, kind of expanding out the little metaphor. Uh, so I have a little bit of an example I drew out because I was not going to try to be Haley and draw it live. I was not, not a good enough artist to try that. Uh, so we kind of have this. This might look complicated, uh, but I'm going to do my best to try to explain a lot of this. Um, Quick disclaimer, I'm not a psychology major, so while I'm gonna try to <laughs> title this, sorry Kendall, I'm not gonna be able to get, I'm probably gonna mess this up very, very much, but uh, I'm gonna try to kind of uh, look at some of these things. Uh, so uh, a lot of this is based off of The Psychology of Passion, which is a book studied uh, that was written by Robert J. Valorant in 2015, very much looking at how we classify passion, what's good about it, what can be potentially negative about it and detrimental. 
as well. Um, and the very way that he explains it is that there's gonna be two main types of passion that we're able to see, one good, one bad. We have what's known as harmonious passion, and then we have obsessive passion. Um, so these illustrations probably don't make a lot of sense. <laughs> very kind of <laughs> illustrations just to mine. Uh, I, not, a, not a psychology major, not an art major. So we'll get this out of the way. Um, so I think we look at harmonious. Um, so we can take these two right here. So let's say this, these circles in this case represent one of our passions. So in this harmonious passion and lifestyle we're able to live into, this is a passion where we are able to live with it, that we very much have the passion and the passion does not have us, as opposed to in the, when we get into obsessive passion, which is where it very much takes us over and very much preoccupies our mind and is very much a long part of you know, who we are and just we cannot sometimes go without it. And sometimes we are unable to exist without thinking of that as well. Um, you know, not only is it able to, and then when we have to obsess of the well, it sometimes can take over some of our other passions. It's very much a dominating factor in our life. So that could sometimes be good, but a lot of times we see that being negative where it's able to take over and potentially be the only thing that we're zeroing in on and being able to forget some of those other characteristics that we need to be taking as well. Whereas in Harmonious, you're able to have all of them kind of live together and very much having, you know, kind of a well-rounded ability there. Um, when it comes to harmonious passions, they're usually things that we're able to stop. We're usually able to say, you know, if it is getting to a point where it is too extreme, we're able to know exactly what we need to do to better ourselves in these situations. We know where to go. Whereas sometimes when we get very deep into obsession, it's hard to stop. It's very hard uh, whenever you get into some of these traps, you know, to find, you know, that light out of the tunnel and very difficult to try to climb out of those. And then, you know, the boxy plus and minus just being harmonious, as if you can tell, being very much a positive things and very much attributing to a lot of the positive aspects we have, while obsessive can be very much detrimental to ourselves as well. And then those top three are gonna be kind of the, the things that we actually outlined in our group as ways that we see this developing. Uh, so I changed out passion for devotion. I think it's kind of another way to look at that as well. Uh, so devotion being kind of what I think we should strive for and what I think we should go for. Devotion being defined as love, loyalty, or enthusiasm for a person, activity, or cause. I would think of it like we think of like our fandom or like an affinity for something. Very much how you would feel about, say, your favorite team or a band or an activity that you're very passionate about, but you know, in a very positive direction. Ideally, it also stems usually where it's something around other people, whether it's other people have this common interest or you're doing it with other people, or it's even just bettering yourself in that moment to then go out and be with others. So very much kind of a communal aspect that comes with a lot of these harmonious passions that end up being that lifestyle devotion, and they're able to, again, coexist with other interests that are going on in our lives as well. And then potentially, though, sometimes these things can get a bit too severe and they'll stray into uh, the path of obsession, which is, again, it could be an idea or thought that continually preoccupies and intrudes on a person's mind. So this gets a bit invasive. It's a little bit more dangerous. You know, it's kind of an individual kind of go-to. It's a train of thought. Sometimes it's a coping mechanism where we come to that in our time of need or where we feel, you know, out of desperation to go to as well. You know, no matter what, we just can't seem to avoid it. We can't seem, it just keeps kind of slipping into some of those cracks where maybe we don't need it to be present. And like sometimes others may, might not be able to distinguish between you and then what this is or what this passion is that kind of encompasses you as well. And then the other thing that this potentially slip into is addiction. And this is a little bit, fat, a little bit past what we normally, I think, associate with that, but um, physically and mentally being dependent on a particular substance or thing. This definitely, I think, is the most dangerous form of passion. Um, you know, you need this to function. Whatever this passion is, you need that in order to be able to perform your daily functions, to go about your daily life. 
and very much you're depending on that. Um, you know, the common analysis is as like a drug or a fix, something that's going to get you very much a really quick high, something that you rely on just to properly exist in daily life. Um, you're, sometimes your over-reliance on that's going to lead to missteps. It's going to lead to harm steps where potentially that's going to be very detrimental to you in the long run. So, you know, you can just go back to those passions that you were thinking about earlier. Go back to those things that, you know, in this past few weeks when we've been talking, those defining characteristics that you've been thinking of that maybe other people see you as, but more importantly, you see yourself as and what you know is going on with you. Where do we think that some of these fall? Do we think that there are some things that are helping us and that we can bring to light and very much make a positive impact? Or are there some things that are weighing us down that we potentially might be putting too much effort into and put too much uh, time into that are potentially really negative things that are maybe causing us more grief than good and different things like that. Um, are there things in your life that define you that you need to embrace or do you need to get rid of some of these things that might be dangerous and dragging us down as well? And so then kind of coming to that little last part, where's God in all this? A lot of these, we've been talking about a lot of these worldly passions and you see a lot of times in the Bible where stuff of this world is given a very negative connotation. We can go to Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 13. Um, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. To say no to those worldly passions, to say no to those things that might be dragging us down. But then I think from there you can counter that with then where I think we're going here, which is going to be 1 John chapter 2, verses 16 and 17, which is, For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride of life, is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. So if uh, we had some study people in here, I see a few, and very much we kind of touched into 1 John, how that's very much kind of a template where... A lot of Christians, you will use that kind of as words to live by, words to go into, where we touch a little bit kind of thing on those like worldly possessions and worldly desires and how not necessarily all, all of them are bad things or things like that, but definitely how do we apply God to those moments? Where do we find God in, you know, places where it seems like he's not? Because it's crazy to believe that this man is everywhere, <laughs> like in every situation, at the highest of highs, the lowest of lows. Uh, to kind of help you through all this. Um, a great way I like to think of it um, actually is from my uh, Chase devotional I did today a little bit, where um, talking a little bit about like, our own spheres of influence like, that we have based on our passions. Um, we might not be always able to kind of, you know, have a massive impact on the world or a massive impact where we're getting a lot of change to go on, but what we can do and we'll always be able to control is about a three-foot radius around us. You know, the people that we come in contact with every day, people that we're talking to, seeing in our daily lives and just having casual interactions with as well. Um, you know, imagine if your just kind of innate passion for God was to rub off on the three feet around you and then that one another three feet and another three feet. And ultimately, that's how we're going to achieve change. And that's how we're going to be able to make a difference. And that's how we're going to be able to spread these passions and these things that make us unique as Christians that we get into. Uh, John Wesley has a great quote as well. Light yourself on fire and people will come for miles to watch you burn. We sometimes, I think, don't and underestimate a little bit maybe how much our influence is, how much other people are looking at us as Christians, um, as examples, or waiting to see what we do or waiting to watch us fall in some of the circumstances as well, and ways to just kind of continue to develop and ways for us to continue to make a difference as well. Um, imagine if we used our love for God in every sphere of daily life. 
and let that become a defining characteristic of who we are. In 1 Corinthians 10, 31, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So I think we can go back to kind of that basic uh, definition. We had a passion. Again, that strong and barely controllable emotion. Uh, very much just excitement, sheer joy of whatever it is going on. Let's think back to that very just basic view of it. Uh, think back to when you were a kid. How many times maybe did you not know what was necessarily going on in the situation, but because everybody else was excited about it, you became excited about it? Uh, personally for me, I was in the first grade music class and all of a sudden the songs from the first high school musical movie came on. I had, had never like heard that. I had no idea what was going on. Uh, we were a no cable household growing up. So very much, I was like, what is this? But everyone knew the words. So I pretended that I knew the words and very much got invested with that because it looked cool. And people made it look very intriguing as well. Uh, great movies, by the way. We should definitely have to watch all three of those at some point. I've been clamoring for that for years, a high school musical marathon, all three just, straight in a row, we'll have to do that at some point. Uh, I can even speak to an example we had on our youth mission trip, which I was fortunate to go on and volunteer as well. Uh, so a kid that we had there on the trip, uh, his stepfather was actually kind of a celebrity um, who was in the San Antonio area, which is where we were. Uh, so his stepfather was a man by the name of Ronnie Coleman. He, uh, Ryan's shaking his head because he remembers this experience very fondly. Y'all might not know who that is, and a lot of people did not know. Two people did. Uh, our very own Sean McDonald, who's now with the youth, and then one of these middle schoolers as well who was very passionate. Uh, this is a man who uh, is a very well-known bodybuilder and weightlifter. He's the winner of Mr. Olympia title for eight consecutive years and regarded as one of the greatest bodybuilders of all time. That's from the Wikipedia that I pulled up because I had to remember that. But you, you, you had kid, you had this one middle school kid straight up reciting like all of his like achievements to him on the phone whenever this one kid pulled him up as his stepfather. And then all of a sudden he was, it got to where he was going to be coming that night to where we were staying, and it was apparently a big deal where these two you know individuals who were excited about it all of a sudden got everyone else excited about it to where they literally dropped everything when they heard this man was out in the parking lot and ran out uh, to greet this person who's now like in his 60s and is now very much you know kind of post his career but this is something where uh, like just g generally you know not necessarily something that you know you would generally get excited about but because people had this passion for it they felt the need to jump in and kind of join that train and get on what was being really exciting for people uh, passion can also drive us to perseverance it can give us new passions that we're able to develop over time uh, so it's gonna be hard to believe for some of y'all I was not always this tall. It's shocking, right? <laughs> and I'll talk about defining characteristics. I feel like I kind of have to hang my hat on that one every once in a while. Uh, but so I moved back whenever I, I moved around a lot as a kid, like I said, as a preacher's kid. And I wound up in Bridge City, Texas, real small town, about an hour and a half east of Houston. And that was a baseball heavy town. That was all you did if you were you know, a kid when you were like younger than fifth grade, you were in little leagues and stuff like that. So I moved there before my third grade year and okay, I was gonna be doing baseball. And why was I doing baseball? Because everyone else is doing baseball and I was really excited for it. Uh, the problem is I kind of missed kind of a vital ligament for playing the sport, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I was not very good. I could feel just fine. Uh, if you gave me a bat, I don't think I knew what to do with it. I probably set whatever strikeout record that Little League had for the year. Because unfortunately we had to skip t-ball, we had to skip coach pitch and just go straight to where kids were pitching to you and that just was not gonna work. Uh, and it got so bad to the point where the coaches kind of had to gather in the league and said, do we want to give this kid maybe 
get him down to the other league, gone away from his friends, just because like he might need it. He might need the training and the extra practice. Like this is kind of going that bad. Uh, but with my coach and my dad, they said that they wouldn't let that happen. They said that they saw my passion. We were given a wiffle ball set from our neighbors who saw us practicing one day that I'd go out with my dad every day after school to try to hit and try to get better. Did it work? Absolutely not. But we tried and the effort was there uh, to make that. And it ultimately led to a game where we, uh, it was a tied game and like the last inning, I don't, I was up to bat for some reason, I don't know. But then uh, we go and then the classic Little League fashion, a ball comes right off the end of my bat, goes down the first base line. I'm like, okay, it's foul, but I at least made contact, which for me, hey, that was a good thing. I start to walk back to home plate, but then I hear my first base coach yell, it's fair, run, run. And so I go all of a sudden around the bases, you know, classic Little League fashion, it hits the wall. It was definitely not hard enough to hit the wall, but just no one was able to run and get the ball. Uh, but then definitely sliding into home plate. You know, I remember jumping into my parents' arms, my coach's arms, getting blood from teammates. And while that did, it was not the start of a great baseball journey, I think I didn't have many hits after that first one. Uh, very much it kind of spawned, I think, what's become a defining characteristic of me, which is very much, you know, a passion for sports. And now that being something I'm even doing here at SMU academically, and something I'm able to work on. So very much our passions are important to us and very much I think a part of what that plan is for us moving forward. That's a part of God's plan to kind of get us along that road as well. So again, those worldly and harmonious passions are not supposed to hinder us. They're not supposed, you know, to get us bogged down, but you know, God is in all of these moments, whether it be again, mountain high or valley low, he's there. He didn't give us these answers right away. He didn't just give us the game plan and say, okay, this is what's gonna happen, like go do it. He allows us to develop as people. He allows us to kind of be ourselves. He allows us to be unique and different and to embrace all those things, to embrace those passions that make us special. Because again, we were molded in his image to be different and unique and to live into his ultimate plan for us with again, just that unwavering exuberance. Imagine if we cared as much about God as Dallas Cowboys fans care about the Dallas Cowboys, or as much as BTS stands care about BTS, or whatever example you wanna do. Imagine if we had that type of passion and that type of excitement in our faith and that three feet around us that we're able to influence. Imagine how exciting it would be and the culture we'd be able to develop here as Christians, uh, not just in this house or in the church, but just in our community and worldwide, how much we'd be able to do with that and how much we'd be able to explore those passions and begin to work on that as well. Um, so again, um, I'm gonna do the Isaiah again and call the band back up, which is weird to say because <laughs> I'm normally sitting uh, right over there. Uh, but I'm gonna go ahead and end with, we're gonna go ahead and end with a story as well. So um, uh, one of our uh, little post parables in Luke where we're seeing Jesus perform all these miracles, we get to one where I think all of a sudden the story actually becomes more about the acts of one of the main individuals uh, here that's actually healed by one of these things. So um, this is gonna be the story of the 10 lepers if y'all are familiar with that. So it's gonna be Luke uh, chapter 17 verses 11 through 19. So. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was passing along between Samaria and Galilee, and as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, were not 10 cleansed? Where are the nine? Where are the other people here? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well.
Who are we going to be? Are we going to rejoice in the wonders that God has given us? Or will we remain apathetic and simply brush it all aside? My prayer as we go forward is going to be that we, again, take pride in who God has made us and who he is and continue to live into his word as we move forward. Dear God, uh, thank you for today and thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for making us unique. Thank you for gifting us these passions that make us unique and different and allow us to use those gifts in the world, Lord, to be your hands and feet. Um, thank you for allowing us to sing at the top of our lungs of your praises, Lord, to continue to spread your word, to go out into this community, make a difference, to have our fire, to always be shining for you, Lord. That again, we can look to impact that three feet around us in any person we come into contact to, so that we would continue to spread your word moving forward. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you.